kings, queens, and everything in between. Welcome back to another episode of the Peasant Party Podcast. I am so excited to have this gentleman back in studio with his own episode. Welcome back, Rudy. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. My name is Rudy. I go by Rudy A. I'm also known as Rudy Advice. I am on TikTok. I have about, what, 300K subs. I give advice on dating, marriage, and co-parenting. I was married 16 years, divorced, single at 39, and I had a great dating life. And I just share tips that work for me. And I have a wonderful relationship now with my ex-wife and my fiance. Rebuilt my life after losing everything, and here I am. So wonderful. Um, and yeah, when does um, just to kind of give everyone an overview? Um, when does the Root Advice podcast come out? I had it on Mondays <laughs> for like uh, uh, I had it like on Clockwork for Mondays, but now it's just random. Nice. So that's on me. It's just a whole lot of things. Having a baby—that's one kind of changes your schedule. Nice. Oh, yeah, yeah of course. Um, <laughs> do you have a favorite episode that's happened recently that you want to highlight or anything like that? They're all good. Uh, I think my most popular, you know how Spotify does that rap. Mm-hmm. Hey, these are your top listing platforms or whatever. They do it for podcasts. And mine was with Sterling Cooper, the uh, retired porn star. Oh, yeah. yeah, that was my most downloaded episode, like oh, about 10,000. Oh, I haven't listened to that one. I got yeah, yeah, check it out. He gives some pretty good advice. Yeah, interesting. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I'm so glad to have you back here. And thank you. Um, yeah, we've had the chance to be on your podcast. I had one episode that was fun. Solo. I've been on your yes. live streams, and when we did one, the two of us, we learned that we all share a love of horror movies. Yes. Um, which is also why I have something. I have a really interesting story to share with you. Oh. Yes. Uh, I I was doing something recently. I called it rejection therapy, where you go and you try to you ask for things that seem ridiculous. Um, and you just see, because people are more apt to say yes to it, and then it just prepares you for things that maybe you're going to apply for or go for, and it just, you know, when people have said no to you more, you're more yeah. used to it, it's not a big deal. This is batshit insane, by the way. <laughs> therapy. I would never do So it's this. fun, this and it's silly good. things, like I did one once where it was like, you, I went to a mes- Mexican restaurant, and mm-hmm. I just, it was like, ask the server if you can wear the sombrero. And they said yes, and I, I did. I was like, oh, I have to wear this. Oh, I, oh, oh my God. Oh, my God. Okay. I'm stressed. <laughs> but just silly ones. It's silly It's silly stuff like that that doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, but I tried it, and I said, I don't know what was going through my head that night. I think Annabelle and I just watched the new Terrifier movie. Um, and Part one or two? Uh, two? Two, baby. Oh, I haven't yes. seen the first one. Two. Okay. And I said, you know what would be a really cool idea? If we were in Terrifier 3. So I DM'd, <laughs> I DM'd the studio that produces Terrifier yeah. movies. I know that Terrifier 3 was, is coming out. And I text, I messaged them. Hi, this is probably the weirdest ask in the world, but is it possible that my sister and I can be in Terrifier 3? Nothing wild, just a small part if anything's Are open. serious? We aren't professional <laughs> oh actors or anything, but we're comfortable on camera and we host a small but niche podcast and we talk about our love of horror sometimes. We saw the teaser for three and that you might be filming and if there was any possibility to be in the movie, we'd be grateful. We have a great work ethic and are disciplined and have massive respect for the arts on top of everything. We're willing to be qu- killed in a cool way and if nothing else, know your extremely scary movies are so amazing. They make me throw up in the best possible way, but the good kind. Uh-huh. This is a compliment, but hopefully not too gross. I love you. I don't know why I said that. And they respond by saying, hi, this is not a weird ask at all. It's kind of a common one, but this was done in a such a so much nicer and well-written way. It means so much to us that you care about these movies. Thank you for the love and support. Unfortunately, we can't oh. give you guys parts. New movie isn't um, conducive to that, but maybe one day we could talk about things on the podcast or you could come on Oh ours. my God, that's great. Sorry we don't have yeah. better news, but we really appreciate you reaching out. It is always great to hear from fans 
and get the chance to say thank you directly. That is awesome. So that is why you should always ask for things that you don't expect to get in a nice way. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you never What's know the worst they can say? Exactly. Yeah. Um, Charlotte's kind of the queen of this. You have been doing this since you were literally like 16 years old. I don't know if you remember this. I don't know if you remember this. The Top Chef Junior incident. Oh, yeah. Do you remember that? I applied to be on Top Chef Charlotte Junior. Charlotte would just do this shit all the time. Uh-huh. She would like, I don't even know. An opportunity comes up. She sees it. She applies. And she wrote this whole like pitch about how I am an amazing cook. I cook for my boyfriend. Didn't have a boyfriend. That didn't exist. Doesn't cook at all. Literally has no idea how to cook. She I know how to cook yeah. like, now, but. <laughs> well, then. now you do. But, but like, it was <laughs> but this like but that's a page long like, lie just to mm-hmm. like see what would happen. But and then people, they call her back. People call you back. And so it's like, yeah. always apply for stuff and, and have fun with it. And so that's just um, kind of moral of the story. Um, mm-hmm. For anyone who's afraid of being rejected in dating, it's a great practice so that no is not a big deal to you. Yeah, that is an amazing story. I've applied that to who I invite on my podcast. I go to mm-hmm. some big names. And again, what's the worst they can say? Mm-hmm. It's no or you get no response. And uh, there's nothing wrong with asking. It's better to know and have an answer than to wonder and not know. Mm-hmm. That's the way I've always seen it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, yeah, so that was my fun story to share with you. That is I awesome. To get wanted yeah. to share it as a surprise. You know what? I saw Terrifier 2 with my son. He's 16, mm-hmm. by the way, in a, in a screening. And I didn't know. I don't think my brain registered what I saw in that bedroom scene. Mm-hmm. And then it hit me three days later. I'm like, yeah. oh, my God. Oh, yeah. They had all of so COVID good. to prepare for it. So they went yeah. all crazy with it. And I saw it again live with my buddy on a, on a YouTube live. And I was, like, cringing. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I can see it again. Literally it's that rubbing good. salt in the wound. Yeah. Uh, literally and bleach rubbing. and a few other things. And bleach. Oh, it's the practical effect. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. Oh, good. Art the Clown. He is just a talented actor. Mm-hmm. I have my like quick hit question. Um, okay. So something that I come across a lot, and I think um, Annabelle um, is relatively recently single, and it's something we're seeing um, you know, quite a bit. Um, so I'm, th- I'm 30, most of my, I would say most of my social circle, female friends, you know, late 20s, um, early 30s. Um, okay. And basically, so... Um, as those as the single friends in that kind of group are going about dating, they're coming across more and more um, single dads, I would say. Okay. Um, and they're never married, no kids. Um, they have little experience dating single parents. Um, and that's probably likely just due to their age range. You know, their late 20s, early 30s, the guys are dating mm-hmm. mid, late 30s, maybe early 40s. Um, and generally, they don't see it as like a, they're not turned off by it. They're kind of like, okay, cool, this is different. Um, but it's more so that they're finding themselves uncertain about what's normal, what's right, what to expect. Um, okay. Some have said, I fear being, you know, if you've ever seen the parent trap, like the Meredith Blake or the evil stepmom (laughs) um, or a bad role model. So um, I guess kind of the big questions that they have are around um, what is like if you had a step by step guide or thing like a, you know, five bullet points of, you know, you're a woman, never married, no kids, dating a single dad. What do you need to know? Well, the first thing I would suggest is. If you have like a, a head start and seeing what kind of man he is because you get to see what kind of father he is mm-hmm. and what kind of relationship he has with his ex-wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you go and meet a guy who has kids and you see that he's always speaking ill about his ex-wife, calling her all these names, mm-hmm. red flag. Yeah, That's a huge, don't go further than that. If he's not a dedicated father or he's not involved as much as he should, that's another red flag. Mm-hmm. And I feel, because again, I started dating at 39. I had two kids who were like early teens. I wanted to date other women who had kids about my my kids' age because we have common lives. And the thing is, if you have to understand that when it comes to single dads, I put my kids' priorities first. Mm-hmm. And in other words, like their safety and who they meet, I was very protective of that. So I didn't introduce a woman to my kids in at least for seven months. Mm-hmm. Because I didn't want to bring them over, hey, kids, look who daddy's new friend is. And I know some guys, believe it or not 
who were horrible husbands and shitty dads, but they use the kids as a pr- as a prop Uh-oh. to show the new woman, look how wonderful of a dad I am. I'm so we're, we're having a cookout. You want to come over Saturday? She comes over Saturday, and he sees the kids playing, and oh wow, this guy's a good good mm-hmm. provider. Mm-hmm. But it's just a farce. Uh-huh. It's that. So you you want to look and see what kind of a ex husband he is and what kind of father he is. That's definitely the first one. And uh, two, you want to understand about his schedule. Mm-hmm. He's not going to be free. Monday through mm-hmm. Friday, he's exhausted. Mm-hmm. So if you want to go to bars on Wednesday nights, Tuesday nights at 11, he's asleep. Because if he's got the kids that week, he's going to have to get up early to take them to school. So he's exhausted. So his availability is only going to be Monday through Friday. No, excuse me, Saturday and Sunday. Mm-hmm. And if he does have the kids, he's not available for seven days. Mm-hmm. Depending on the, the cycle mm-hmm. uh, when he's available. So you, if you are the type who needs a lot of attention who wants to just be with him all the time, you're not going to get that with, this, with a single dad because mm-hmm. he's always busy. Um, anything else? I mean, there's plenty. I can elaborate for yeah. another 30 minutes here, but any I questions so far? One big question they, that I've had a few friends ask is, what is an appropriate or inappropriate question to ask um, you know, someone who seems to be a single dad on a first date? Because I've had friends say, like, you know, usually it's taboo to say, when was your last relationship? Or ask people about past relationships and stuff, and they're kind of like, do you ask about the kids? Is it invasive? Does it come off as no. I think know, shady or something? I think it's very appropriate to ask. And okay. I was, uh, again, when I was dating, I was uh, very comfortable in answering those questions because I understand the concerns. I put myself in their shoes. I'll go, here's a guy. He's divorced. Mm-hmm. You know, that's already like a negative connotation. Okay, like what happened? He was probably mm-hmm. a horrible husband. And he's also a single dad. So what is the schedule like? And when people see a divorced single dad, they automatically think the worst. Mm-hmm. Baby, baby mama drama. They think mm-hmm. about all these things and they don't need that in their lives. So I made it a point to convince them or at least be honest with them. Let them know like, hey, this is my life. This is what's going on. Mm -hmm. If you want to be part of it, cool. Mm -hmm. I am not looking for a mother. They have a wonderful mother. Mm -hmm. I'm just looking for a companion to date. Exactly. And that's another misconception that I had a lot of women who didn't have kids would come up and say, I'm not going to raise no man's kids. I'm like, what makes you think you're going to meet them? Mm -hmm. And two, they don't need a mom. (laughs) They got one. So I would have come up like that. So, And I get the defensive approach because I know a lot of guys are the same way with single moms. Mm -hmm. There's a stigma against it. So I just made it a point to just present myself and be honest. Mm-hmm. And I would advise women, if you're meeting a guy and he is just speaking ill about his ex-wife, just calling her all these names, mm-hmm. that's drama and that's mm-hmm. none of your business. And why do you want to date somebody and get involved in that drama? Yeah, Just stay away from it. Mm-hmm. I don't care how good looking he is. I don't care how handsome he is or the potential you may see. That's a lot of drama that you don't need in your life. So just don't get involved. Totally. Um, and what is kind of the ideal relationship that, um, you know, a, a single parent wants their new romantic partner to have with their children? Like what is ideal, um, you know, if it's not, you know, another parent, is it, you know, role model? What is kind of healthy? What is, I mean, what does your situation look like? Well, it was, it's four years in, mm-hmm. but it, and again, it, it just, it took time. And again, I didn't introduce my kids to not my now fiance mm-hmm. for at least seven months. Mm-hmm. And this is during COVID. So yes. when they were with their mom, mm-hmm. she was with me. But she wasn't, she, I told her, like, they have a mother. I just want you to be maybe just their friend and just kind of mm-hmm. hang out. And if they ask for advice, which my daughter did, mm-hmm. just talk to them as a friend and just be like um, a best friend or older sister. And then later, let's see what this evolves into. Got and it. now it's like, it's becoming like a stepmother role, but that's through years of trust mm-hmm. and situations and many conversations. So l- don't expect anything to happen super fast. And okay. you shouldn't be, as a woman dating, expecting to have that responsibility that's mm-hmm. not on you exactly so to allow it to happen organically and if somebody's asking you to be part of raising them and y'all just started talking a month or two in that's a huge red flag so yeah. stay away from that totally um yeah. is that hard to do to keep 
your uh, partner and your kids separate for seven months. I feel like uh, that's like a long time to to keep two worlds so separate from each other. Well, and I, how do you introduce them? Slowly, uh, like what I had done was like, it was a birthday, but before that, let me rewind. Like I said, my custody, everyone's situation is different, first off. Mm -hmm. The ex-wife had the kids for seven days and then I had them for seven days. Mm -hmm. So when I was with them for seven days, I was in dad mode. Mm -hmm. I respond when I can, we'll maybe go out this weekend, but I have my kids and I hardly see them, so I'm dedicated to them. And then I'm free for the next seven days. Mm -hmm. And then you can come over and do whatever. So anybody that I spoke to had to understand that that was my arrangement. And they had to be good with it. And I wasn't going to be as responsive to them if I had them. And believe it or not, I mean, that was, I think, was part of why I was successful in my dating life. Because I had so many women say, you're such a good father. I hardly see that. Oh, my God. Either they didn't have a good father figure or they've dated so many guys who were single fathers and they were just shit guys. Mm -hmm. So they were just so impressed in how involved I was, how well I spoke of the ex-wife, mm -hmm. how I said, no, I can't go. My, my daughter has a baseball game. Mm -hmm. They loved that I was so involved in my daughter's and my son's life that it impressed them more and it gave them more reassurance that, hey, this is a good guy. Mm -hmm. So Nice. Um, what was the first meeting like? Um... It was a, a movie at the house. We were watching a movie. Hey, kids, this is uh, Erica. And she's hi. And she just said hello. And she bought pizza and they ate pizza. Mm -hmm. And that was it. And they went upstairs. And that was it. Like a touch and go. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's it. We don't have to sit in a table and all talk and, you know, get to know each other. I didn't force the situation. I slowly let it happen. Nice. And my son was very standoffish and very quiet initially. But now they talk about music. They both love punk music. Mm -hmm. And they're just talking about horror movies and now uh, my mother-in-law now lives with us and he's talking to her mother-in-law. So it's cool. It just, it's, it takes time. People have to be patient with that. Totally. Kind of our first listener had a question around that first big meeting. Mm -hmm. They write, navigating the big meeting. And this person, they didn't reveal their gender, which I actually kind of like it when there's, it's gender neutral because you can kind of look at how things could be different. Um, okay. Navigating the big meeting. I'm never married, no kids. Few months into dating my significant other who has two young children. Both them and their ex have a must meet me before meeting kids rule for any new partners. And with the holiday coming up in a few weeks, it's looking like this meeting will happen very soon between Christmas and New Year's. It's also possible other family members will be there as well. Grandparents from either side. Ne oh, I've never gotten this far into dating someone with children, let alone an ex-spouse before. So I'm not sure what to expect or what a good game plan should be. Just want to keep my partner at ease, happy with my relationship. And I see this is a big next step. Don't want to screw anything up. What's the move? I would, first off, that's, okay, they've never met the kids or the family, so the first time this person is meeting the kids is at a major family event. That's a lot of pressure. I would not put that on the person I was dating. I would want it to be just like a picnic or at the house, but that's too much. Not only do you have to make a good impression on the kids, you got grandma mm -hmm. and everybody watching you like a hawk, like, look at her, you know? Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't have put them in that situation. Yeah. I would have eased it in. Yeah. That's too big. Yeah, meeting the parents is stressful enough. I yeah. Like, I feel like it's a lot easier to get disapproval than approval from, yeah. <laughs> especially a whole family gathering. They're all going to be like internally criticizing you before oh, they're yeah. accepting you. Totally. <laughs> and like, I get how that could happen. Like, sometimes it's just, that's how the chips fall. Like when mm -hmm. holidays, that's when everyone's home. Um, how would you recommend to this person to maybe ask for something low pressure? Like, you know, I don't know if it would be like, can we do a, a quick meeting 
before or something? I like would that? ask that. I would let them know, like, hey, look, I want, I really like where we're going, and I really want to make a great impression with your family, especially your kids. I know they're very important to you, but right now, I just feel like there's a lot of pressure, and I may not make the best impression, mm -hmm. first impression with them. So, can we possibly meet a week before? Or maybe after the holidays mm -hmm. and just kind of ease into this because I just want to do what's best for us and me. And I just want you to know how I feel. If, if that should be enough. Yeah. And that person should understand like, oh, wow, she feels a, or he feels a little uncomfortable. But it sounds like a female. <laughs> I don't yeah. Know. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I could, it's. Yeah. I, I wonder. Um, do you think there's like um, kind of differences, um, say, if it's, you know, never married, no kids guy versus never married, no kids um, girl where. Um, you know, they're meeting partner for the first time. Like, where would you see some differences or kind of areas that might be more challenging for one or the other? Um, if the, like, if a single dad or a single mother, I, I'm sorry, I don't know. Sing, oh yeah, sing, single single dad or single mom dating, never married, no kids. Uh, well, I can share my own experience because okay. again, I initially I preferred dating mothers who had kids, mm -hmm. and again, I was very cognizant of like, okay, let me see how she talks to her ex husband, and when I saw. Drama, I stepped away. Mm -hmm. So when it came to meeting um, women, who actually my fiance was the first woman I remember dating, no, who I dated, who didn't have kids. And it was mm -hmm. a huge mm -hmm. shock to me because like I, he was used to, like I just said, the schedule seven days on, seven days off. Mm -hmm. She called me on Tuesday. Hey, can I come over and stay the night? I'm like, it's a Tuesday. <laughs> it's a school night. No, I mean, like, okay. But I remember her coming over and I remember being upset at her. Because she was taking time away from my kids. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, my time is with them and you're taking it away. And I remember having a hard time adjusting to that. And after a while, oh, staying over on the weekdays was fine. But it, I remember it was a huge adjustment to me. So if you get pushback from a single dad who is dedicated to his kids and you're staying and normally that's their movie night and you're coming mm -hmm. over, understand that it may be a little rocky. Mm -hmm. But because when you have kids, oh, my God, it's, it's a routine. Mm -hmm. And when that routine is changed, it, things can kind of depending on how they react they can get a little stressed or angry and it can mess with the flow of things so just be cognizant of that if he's got a set schedule and routine ease yourself into that don't just go like a wrench in a cock system and break it totally and then <laughs> what um did did your fiance have any um kind of challenges that maybe stood out to her with um you know adjusting to you know never being never married no kids um you know kind of taking on that role of, um, you know, now step step parent, but um, yeah. easing into it. What were some challenges maybe she faced? Uh, my stubborn head. I mean, I was <laughs> me just being like uh, making little things out of nothing. And um, for her, it was just the, the lack of she really wanted to be with me all the time and not and telling her no was something that she didn't hear often from guys. <laughs> so when I would tell her no, it was because it was for the right reasons. But it was that that connection. She needed more. But I said, just please be patient with me. And luckily, Again, this is this also happened during COVID. So if it wasn't COVID, maybe it wouldn't have worked out. I don't know. But um, her adjusting to my availability was the toughest part for her. Got it. Mm -hmm. no, and me canceling plans because sometimes I have the kids, we have plans, and guess what? The kids are sick. Mm -hmm. And now I've got to cancel. So you can't really be mad at that. Mm -hmm. So you have to be patient with their flexibility and availability. Totally. Mm -hmm. um, kind of um, before you before you met her, um, did you have any um, kind of uh, pickups or, or roadblocks um, as you went about maybe dating other people on the way to meeting her? Um, any uh, tons, <laughs> a lot. Yeah. Uh, with kids, you mean? Um, yeah, or just something that maybe was related to um, you know maybe someone that was never married, no kids, and just something they didn't get or any kind of. Yeah, I had a few women tell me like, "Why I don't like a dating men who have kids." And I'm like, "Why is that?" If you you don't mind me asking, because I didn't take it personal. Mm -hmm. I just want to hear what she said. She goes, "Well, I want to be the center of attention, and I want all his attention. I want all of his. I want to if I want to go to mm -hmm. Miami, 
next week. I don't want him to have to worry about babysitter. I just want to go. Mm. I'm like, well, that's not me. Mm. So well, good luck with that. Mm. So things like that. And I understand. I mean, I, I didn't have kids at one point in my life, and I understand that freedom and that flexibility is is exciting. That's part of the, 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 the fun part of dating somebody, those first few months where you're doing these spontaneous weekend trips and mm-hmm. vineyards and whatever the hell people do nowadays. I don't know. <laughs> but when you can't do that because he has kids, I can get that can be a turnoff. Totally. Yeah. No. But them wanting the complete attention mm-hmm. and not and no baby mama drama. I'm like, well, there's no drama, but I wasn't going to explain myself because that's just what she thought. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and there's a lot of the same negative um, comments you hear about guys saying about I don't want to date a woman with single well, a single mom with kids. It's the same, but it's just not as vocal as you see on social media. There's a lot of women who were just were adamant and not dating because I had kids. Totally. Um, and was that something you were like open about, like when you were on dating apps or that yeah. you would lead with? Yeah, I said I had kids, and mm-hmm. uh, one of your questions you sent me was like, uh, when should somebody be vocal about mm-hmm. having them? I don't see why you would not be. Totally. I, that's kind of scary. Yeah, I mean, I was yeah. just gonna say I uh, I've mentioned this before, but I dated somebody earlier this year, and it was probably like three or four dates in before. He he mentioned that he has a kid, yeah. and then another couple dates before he mentioned that he has another kid from another baby. Oh my! He's got two. <laughs> he's got two. Oh two my god! Two baby mamas, and of course not married, and uh, never was married. But it was just like you'd think you would lead with that. Yeah. The, are Why are you not hiding the this? center of your world? Yeah. Like what? What were the air, their ages, by the way? Just curious. Oh my gosh, eight and six, or so, or eight so and very five. close. So yeah. pretty young. Okay, uh-huh. pretty young. Yeah, they're, they're babies now. Mm-hmm. You but should I mean, be honest. I don't, I don't understand. I, I mean, I'm a proud parent. I've, I've always had been. I just don't understand how or why you would want to hide that. Yeah. That's part of you. Eventually, they're going to find out. It's like a mm-hmm. guy lying about his heights. Totally. Why, why are you going to do what that? What is the point? I've, yeah. yeah. I've seen like the safety concerns. Um, and maybe that's something that maybe comes from more from like the, the female side of things where it's like, um, you know, I don't want to share pictures of my kids. I want to you know, yes. keep that under wraps. Oh, yeah. But that's one thing. Like in dating apps, I never put my kids on my dating profile. Mm-hmm. But when I see people do that, like, don't do that. Yeah. yeah uh, for like women who may or people maybe never, just in general, never married, no kids who are, you know, dating someone who's been divorced, maybe divorced with children. Mm-hmm. Um, what does a healthy relationship look like with an ex-spouse that you share a child with? Um, I would. I'm going to brag about my ex-wife now. Cause uh-huh. it's, it's like what we have. It's a. Uh, we don't see each other all the time. We talk almost every day, but it's like via text, and it's always about the kids. We never talk about mm-hmm. our relationships uh, mm-hmm. or anything. She's married with a a, ni- a great guy, and uh, right now, I mean, right now we're texting each other on the way over here about gifts. You know, she's mm-hmm. buying something for my fiance, and I'm getting something for her, her husband. So, I mean, it's it has to be respectful, and uh, if it's and that's another thing. If you're a woman and you date a guy and he has a healthy relationship with his ex-wife mm-hmm. and that makes you jealous, you don't belong in their space. Mm-hmm. You have to be mature enough to say, okay, he's not leaving me for her. They're not still sleeping with each other. They're, they just, they're talking about the kids, and that's just part of the dynamic. You have to be mature enough to handle that. And for the men as well, because there was a guy my ex-wife dated who saw how we were just friendly. Because everyone's mm-hmm. so used to seeing the, the cliche, unoriginal trope where they hate each other and mm. they drop the kids off at a gas station and mm. exchange the kids there all this bullshit so when people see us they always get shocked mm-hmm. and this one guy got super mad at her uh, super mad at my ex-wife and said no you're still sleeping with him but in bad words i can't say it right here mm. and uh, he goes no but he actually had that in his mind he broke up with her then started stalking her and then she had to stay at my place for two weeks because he kept going to the house at three in the morning knocking on her door saying i bet he's in there i bet you're effing him this and that 
That's so scary. We had to call the police and put like a restraining order. And again, that's another thing. That's why I was always cautious with not mm-hmm. letting anybody meet my kids mm-hmm. or showing people where I live because I don't want that situation. Mm-hmm. Someone knocking on my door at 3 a.m. and my kids are asleep and they have school the next day. Or they slash my tires and I got to take them to school. That's why I was very protective mm-hmm. about not letting anybody near my kids. We both had the arrangement. Like we both mm-hmm. weren't going to introduce our kids to anybody until six months. And before they met the kids, they met me. Or vice versa. And then to see how it was close. Again, it was like a, a check and balance, this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, it only happened a couple times. Uh, one, one with her husband now and then right, right now with my fiance. Mm-hmm. And they get along great. The first time they met, uh, my, my ex-wife and her husband were coming to the house, but they took an Uber because they had a flat. Mm-hmm. And my fiance goes, we should have told me I would have picked you up. And they go, okay. And then they went to a bar afterward. And we're at the house and the fiance goes, well, I'm going to drop them off at the bar and then come back. I'm like, okay. So everyone gets, a, it, that's the way adults are supposed to behave mm-hmm. and act with no jealousy. And I wish that wasn't just like a, an exception. It should be the norm. Totally. Yeah. And I feel like I've seen um, like on Instagram, like Instagram story posts where the, where all of you are out at dinner with the kids and it's yeah. like, it looks like a, such a you know, healthy relationship. They're coming over on Christmas. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. It wasn't always that way. No, 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 no. I mean, the divorce is not wasn't pretty. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't leave her for another woman. She didn't leave me for another man. We just called it quits because 16 years married, but together 20. Mm-hmm. When we're together 20 years, we just it ran its course. Mm-hmm. And like, let's go ahead and split ways. But there were some rocky moments after the post-divorce life. Uh, she went on this uh, campaign on smearing my name, telling everybody what I had done. And everybody knows I cheated. I said that. And um, th- that was part of it, but she wasn't a saint either. She did some mm. things. I'll tell you after the podcast. Mm. I won't say publicly. So I didn't say anything. So she did go on. There wasn't. It wasn't as pretty as I'm making it seem. It was very tough to get there. But mm. the goal and my, I guess what I was focusing the most was, I want to be an example to my kids. Mm. I want to prove to them that things cannot work out sometimes in life. Mm. You can lose everything. You can be at a low moment, but you still can rebound. And be a better person. Totally. So that was my my focus, and I I did that. Yeah, and I feel like I think I've said before the word accountability gets thrown around on TikTok a lot, and I feel like you are a very good example of actual accountability. That kind of leads us into our next listener question. Subject line is landslide brought it down. So I'm recently out of a five year relationship. As of a few months ago, wasn't my decision. I'm working to make peace with that, but I know it'll take a little while. There was no one in the wrong on either side, just an epiphany she had that I wasn't it, which weirdly makes it harder. So I'm not looking to date anytime soon until I'm done doing some work on myself, but that's not my main issue, though. Good. This breakup and everything that came with it resulted in so many other parts of my life falling apart. This has happened in a lot of ways, for example, going from living in a house to a studio apartment, but the thing that's been affecting me the most is friendships. I moved to my city with my ex three years ago, and our lives became so intertwined over the years. Most of our friends were other couples, and we were almost always invited um, to or included in events as a unit. So since the breakup, these friends have been kind of awkward toward me, if not totally silent. Based on Instagram, it looks like they're all continuing to hang out the way we always <laughs> did, excluding me. Yep. I'm really kicking myself for being so spoiled with my ex basically running our social calendar. I wonder if that would have made a difference. The last time I got out of a relationship, I was 25. I had more single friends than I could count to help me get back on my feet. I was out with my friends getting beers the night of my last breakup. In a lot of ways, getting out of that relationship opened a ton of doors for me with making new friends. I had no problems just going out and seeing where the night took me as the world was my oyster. But now I'm 33 and it feels like someone just hits the reset button. 
On top of this, my family's on the other side of the country. My friends from my past city, college and hometown are all on the other side of the country as well. Even then, they've all moved on with their own lives and relationships. I'm not sure what I would say if I called them up. I feel so alone. People talk about loneliness as in not having a boyfriend or girlfriend, but no one talks about loneliness, not having anyone that can come with being single in your 30s. It really sucks. I know I've rambled a lot. I'm in a bad place. But I guess my big questions and advice needed is around how to get back on my feet. How do I make friends among a sea of people my own age who are out of the world is my oyster. Let's see what happens tonight stage. Is there a way to get back to my old friends? And should I even if I could, should I do something drastic like move? Any ideas? That's exactly what happened to me yeah. in 2016. Uh, he doesn't know that right now, but this is a blessing and one of the greatest things that's ever happened to him. Really? Because you'll find out like when really horrible things happen in life, like a divorce, you find out who your friends really are mm-hmm. and who will call you. Hey, how you doing? Or knock on your door. Hey, how's it going? Let's go eat. You know, there's people that say, let me know if you need anything. There's people that knock on your door and say, let's go. I need to get you out of here. <laughs> let's go get you some food. Those are the best friends. And I had none like that. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have any like that. So right now, the blessing is that a woman he was with for five years said, you're not it, which is a blessing because why would you want to be with somebody and you know, to get married and then 20 years down the road, you were never the one. I've been cheating on you. I, it's better to know now up front than waste time and waste a lifetime. And the friends, they never really were your friends. Mm-hmm. If they're not coming around, checking on you, calling on you, it was her life, not yours, that you're a living part of. So mm-hmm. the people that didn't matter in your life are gone. And now it's just you. And again, like he said, maybe he should have took more responsibility with the social calendar. Mm-hmm. Now he gets to own that. So now he mm-hmm. gets to discover himself. He needs to heal. And this is going to suck and it's going to hurt. But I've been there. Mm-hmm. And you're going to have those lonely moments you have to put yourself out there into the world. Mm-hmm. Just go to random places. I would go to clubs mm-hmm. by myself. And I, I, I don't know if I told you this story. I would go to clubs because I go, what do women find attractive? What's the best dancer? How do guys dress nowadays? Ah! So I went to a club <laughs> and I remember going to like women. I go, ladies, I'll buy y'all drinks in a second, but I have a question. I've been married 16 years. I don't know what handsome is to uh, what's attractive uh-huh. to y'all. Can y'all point to me what guy in here is the best dressed looking man? And they go... <laughs> Really? And I go, who's the best dancer? I want to learn from him. Uh-huh. And they just, I was, women were going out of their way to help me. And they go, well, first off, men don't dance no more. And I'm like, really? She goes, look out there. What are they doing? I'm like, they're just standing, holding their drinks. And what are the women doing? I'm like, they're just grinding in front of them. No, nobody dances anymore. You want to go see dancing, go to a country bar. I'm like, okay. Yes. I went to a country bar and that's when I learned how to two-step. And I'm like, when did Footloose become a country song? It's like, it was so different. I'm like, it was, it's a dance song before. Anyway, but I went out there and I met people. And before you know it, people like, hey, stay around. And it just happened. Mm -hmm. And it was awkward at first, but I, you have to put yourself back into the world. And now because of your partner planning everything, what do you want to do? I like comic books at the time, comic movies. So I went to comic cons Mm -hmm. and I just went out there and like, okay, I got nowhere to go. Do y'all need volunteers? Yeah. Can you go? They gave me a shirt and I was volunteer. Then it ended up. Climbing the, the chain, and I was ended up being Robert England's assistant. So I started meeting my people and started doing things I wanted to do and just discovering me. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's terrifying. It's scary. It's lonely. But I look back at that as the greatest period of my life. And if anybody's listening and you're, you've lost everything, it's a reset. Mm-hmm. And you finally get to do what you want now. That is your past. It was wonderful while it lasted. Learn from it. But don't mm-hmm. dwell on it. But grow from that. Now go do whatever the hell it is you want to do. 
Whatever you always mentioned and your partner said, no, I don't want to do that. Now you have no one holding you back. Go do it. And just you get to, it's, it's beautiful how life when it takes things away, but it gives it back to you. Mm-hmm. Like I lost all my friends and all of a sudden I would get friends who I hadn't heard from like in five years. Mm-hmm. I bump into them like, hey, mm-hmm. this is the way the universe works. Like it takes a friend and then brings the one that you haven't mm-hmm. seen. It's a beautiful thing. Just go out there with positive energy and uh, be pleasant. If you're if you're if you're heartbroken and mad, mm-hmm. you got to work on that. But if, be a pleasant person to be around because people like positive energy. Mm-hmm. And uh, work on yourself and discover who you are and uh, take advantage of the situation. I'm sorry you're going through it, but it's a blessing in disguise. Totally. Um, and then kind of because you've mentioned some really cool ideas. Um, what do you think are some great kind of activities or groups that are great for men in their 30s who are single, you know, maybe in this position or just in general, just, you know, they're looking to meet more people. Maybe they move to a new city, that kind of situation. What would you recommend? Do what they love. Well, like is a gym, cycling, uh, painting, uh, tattooing. I don't know. Whatever you love doing, go mm-hmm. to that group and, and find people within your space. I would go to the movies. Mm-hmm. I love movies. I would go to the movies by myself. And whenever there's like a movie festival, mm-hmm. I would go because mm-hmm. I'm with my peers, my, my, my tribe, so mm-hmm. to speak. So whatever it is, you, I mean, it doesn't matter the city or wherever you're at in the country, whatever you love doing, bowling, anything, hiking, just go do that and meet people organically out there. Mm-hmm. And you meet your people and slowly grow from there and just get involved. I volunteer. I even volunteered at a, I, I love elderly and I love kids. Mm-hmm. So I volunteered at like a nursing home. That's, nice. oh my God, that, the place is so heartwarming. I love old people, but volunteer your time mm-hmm. and you get to meet people mm-hmm. and discover like, hey, I didn't know this was a passion of mine, but I'm actually good at blank. Mm-hmm. So put yourself out there. Totally. Live. Put the phone down. Mm-hmm. Don't live through your phone. Go out and live and just live. Totally. <laughs> no, that's a that's a really inspiring message. I got like I just got chills. <laughs> Did you? Oh, thank yeah. you. OK. <laughs> no, that's a that's a really good message. And um yeah, because like I feel like that's just one of those things. Like people never think about the collateral damage that can come with sometimes like the loss of a relationship. Like I feel like I would say like divorce or like those kind of like long term relationships. It's hard. That it sometimes feels like people like take sides or like yeah, that's it sucks. Let me ask you this because I know in in breakups and even in my divorce, like I felt responsible for it and I wanted to punish myself, so I didn't allow mm-hmm. myself to go and have fun. Do women do that as well? I think there's I I know when I've been out of relationships, it's like that feeling in your in the back of your mind of like this person didn't like me anyway. I felt like I felt like when I got out of a relationship, you know, a few years back, it was kind of like, oh, you know, I met this person through my ex significant other. Um, you know, I maybe I shouldn't reach out. It's more their friend than mine. And I sort of look back and I'm like, you know, I could what 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 would the harm have been if I just tried? Like it would be like, you know, someone that maybe was a, a girlfriend of someone he was kind of friends with. And I was mm-hmm. like, ah, you know. You know, it might be weird if I reach out and I look back and I'm like, it wouldn't have hurt. Mm-hmm. I think like and so it was almost like punishing myself of like, oh, these aren't these aren't my friends because I met them through him. And it was more in my head, mm-hmm. I would say. Did um, you ever punish yourself like after breakup, like you weren't the, the nicest person? and Right. Um, in that that interim period after you break up with someone, you are like. It's like a the only thing you can think about. And even if you don't really believe that person is as bad as you're talking about, mm-hmm. it's like this the smear campaign is like yeah. the only thing that is like connecting you to other people almost. Mm-hmm. And then you always regret like mm-hmm. speaking ill of the person that you dated. Always. Yeah. Because you can't take that back. People respond really well to like kindness and warmth. And so when you're like trying to meet people wherever that is, like like with you, I mean have you always been a very sociable person like that? Have you always been able to just walk up to people and talk to them? Um, yes. Yeah. 
Yes. Uh, yeah, totally right. But you know what? I, I I was before I got married. And then while I got married, I went into dad mode. Okay. And I was like more or less a, a, not an introvert. An introvert, yes. Sure. And then when I got divorced, I was able to be myself again because I hadn't been myself in years. Yeah. Was it hard to get back into it? <laughs> Very. <laughs> yeah. I had to force uh-huh. myself out. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Right. I, and I think that um, there are a lot of people that like maybe don't have that gift, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think it can be really hard for them. When when you were reading that um, listener mail, the thing in my head, of course, you had a much better answer. But in my head, I'm like, oh, you should move to a new city. <laughs> you should okay. move to a new city and start yeah. over. But then I'm like, oh, well, a lot of people do not have that option. You can't mm-hmm. just do mm-hmm. that. As much as it seems like it would be easier to just start fresh and then you have an excuse to go out and like meet people and like. Mm-hmm the normal way um, rather than having to go out and be like, hey, I'm I'm recently out of a relationship and, you know, kind of trying to explain yourself. As much as you want to punish yourself, as much as you want to, like, suffer a little bit, Mm -hmm. it's not going to last forever. It's not going to last forever. And and there's so much, like, in your city around you. There's so many different people to meet. And it feels like there isn't at that time. It feels like it's like, oh, I'm going to go out and I'm going to run into him. I'm mm-hmm. going to run into his friends. His friends hate me. They are they're talking about me and they're thinking about me. Well, and I there's like this... that's a trap you've fallen into. Oh, my it's like God. Everyone's like just being out being it's just like his. Oh, everybody hates me. And all, all his friends have heard every terrible story about me. And all these yep. people are out there hating me. And it's kind mm-hmm. of like we all think we all see ourselves as a, as like a reality TV star where everyone's watching our show and talking about us. And I don't think it's like that as much as you think it is. <laughs> It, it yeah. was for me, though, because she went on that campaign not only with her friends, but also at work. Mm-hmm. My brand at work was destroyed. Mm-hmm. And it really, I, I it ultimately got fired because no one wanted to work with me. It got really bad. Did she regret it? Does she look back? and She does. Like, she does. I'm sorry. And I forgave her. I mean, uh-huh. it's over. I have a better job now. I work from home. So it's like everything happened for, everything happens for a reason, whether it's good or bad. You have to learn from what happened and just keep going. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, there's something like uh, I'm kind of upset with young men nowadays because I'm tr- I was trying to coach them and they all they all quit. Mm-hmm. Like I'm trying to coach them up. I'm like, okay, you were heartbroken. I get that. I'm validating your pain. Now we need to move on. Mm-hmm. No, women ain't shit. I'm like, okay, yeah, there are some women out there that ain't shit, but there's a lot of horrible people. <laughs> but we need to coach you up. No, 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 no. So they never wanted to get coached up. So people, there's a lot of people with this quitters mindset. Mm-hmm. That, Why? That, I don't Why do know. You think they, is it like? The rejection is so painful that they fear experiencing it again or embarrassment. I, I, like, why do they quit? I've been thinking about that for months, to be honest, and I don't have an answer. For me, growing up, maybe it's a generational thing. I Quitting was never an option. Maybe it was movies. Right. I don't know. But you never quit. You kept going. And I don't understand why people have given up on women, given up on men. I'm never going to get married. Well, if you're, that's, that's a different topic. But just people had just given up on the other side and... They don't even want to try. It's like they've made up their mind, and that's it. I mean, we've all been cheated on. We've all, I mean, I cheated. I have been cheated on. I've had my heart broken. We've all been in that little spot, but I don't think there's something in me and us that we would never hate men or women, right? I mean, it happened. We move on from it. I just don't get why there's so many people that have given up. Maybe they don't have enough experience. I don't have an answer. I don't. Right? Maybe they. Maybe it is like a lack of exposure thing. They don't have enough experience maybe. with with good people of the opposite sex maybe yeah and i've always been i've always had more female friends and male friends uh-huh. especially after the divorce like i said i went to clubs and I'm like mm-hmm. who's attracted <laughs> i love that i would yeah. love it if a man like asked me that was yeah. like okay who's the best dressed in here please tell me that. yeah it, it also helped me with my social skills talking to people learning how what social apps what snapchat what is that okay <laughs> yellow can i see that okay yellow so i had to relearn everything so i just i used it as practice to just reassociate myself with other people and just put myself out there so it's fun 
And again, what's the worst they can say? Go back to your rejection therapy. What's yes. the worst they can say? It's like, no. No, yeah. yeah. And that's the thing, too, is like when people say no, like we always have the fantasy in our head that they're going to go and grab their, their bullhorn <laughs> and yell, hey, look at this person asked me out and I said no. And it's like, no, it's not. Mm-hmm. They're not going to sound the alarms. Like, it's not that bad. It's not yeah. fun, but it's not that bad. And there's something about pain, like th- that story you just read from that guy in my divorce. When you go through so much pain, it's like, and you survive it. You still, you're still waking up the next day. You're still there. And you're seeing the, the good in life again. You almost be have this invulnerability and like shield around you. Like, okay, I just went through hell. Mm-hmm. What's her telling me no going to do to me? Not not a damn thing. Mm-hmm. So anytime any woman would, I would ask them out or like buy them a drink. They say, get away. I'm like, sorry to bother you. Uh, like, you have a wonderful evening is what I would mm-hmm. say. I would never call them a, you know, a lesbian or something. Whatever, yeah. <laughs> whatever guys say now, they're like, fuck you, you're ugly anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, no. I would just smile and I would right. say, you know, I'm, I didn't mean to bother you. Have a wonderful night. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they would come and like, hey, you just wanted to say you're really nice. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay. Uh-huh. You want a drink? <laughs> it's just like, yeah. but just be nice and be pleasant. And um, But again, there's something about pain that you can use that I, I, just, I just think there's a lot of people out there who don't understand how strong they are. Mm-hmm. And they don't know they have that, that inner fight in, in them. And it's there. And I just wish people just had more confidence in themselves. Yeah. How did you um, meet your fiance? Hinge. Okay, I was just going to ask. I was just going to ask if you got on dating apps after. Oh, yeah, I was great at those things. Yeah. Honestly, I like I, uh, when I started with that, it was like I would match and then almost meet up with someone even, and then bail because I was too scared and I just didn't want to. <laughs> I, I don't know. I got scared. But now, like, I think when you with practice, yeah. I'm like, all right, I'm coming over right now. <laughs> yeah. Let me <laughs> ask, why were you scared, though? Like, what? what what was that fear? Um, it, honestly, it was like, uh, like, oh shit! If I'm going into this, I now have to like perform, and I have to worry oh. about how this interaction is going to go, and I have to be in control of like how smoothly it goes, and what if this guy is weird, and what if it's, and I get stuck at a dinner that I can't get out of, like that kind of gotcha. thing. Gotcha. And okay. now hmm. I think I'm just more adaptable to it. It's kind of like I'm, a, I'm much braver if it is going poorly. I'll get up and leave. Yeah. I don't give a shit. Maybe yeah. that's just getting older. I don't know, but like. Yeah, things have gotten a lot easier with practice. And you know what? I think I sensed that when I first started dating. That's why I never did dinner. That was drinks. Mm-hmm. Let's just have a couple of drinks yes. and see how it goes. Mm-hmm. And if we hit it off, then you get the dinners and you get the other formal events. But right. my first dates were always drinks. Same here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. a, a dinner. Like I, I feel like eating so intimate. Yeah. Know, and what if you're talking and food comes out and it's like, Ugh. yeah, exactly. right? Like I'm disgusting. Don't look at me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, this is a whole nother topic, but I'm super obsessed with the uh, wedding vows. Oh, things yeah. That are going on right yeah. now. I, I'm, I can't get enough. I love seeing them. It's like, it's terrible. It hurts my stomach, but I completely agree with you mm-hmm. where, you know, it's like you she get to that point. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, you kind of know what you're getting into. You exactly. Know? So. I also think another side note is people are really bad at falling for skits on TikTok. Like there's somewhere there's I'm like, so many is, skits, oh my God, man. this is right? not a wedding. Like this is, this is someone who put on a white sundress and you can see the, the friends giggling. Like this yeah. is not a real wedding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we're all falling for it, hook, line, and sinker. You know what I can't stand is like when the couples are talking and they're arguing, but mm. it's it's this, like the other person's holding the phone and mm. filming the other person. Is that like a millennial thing? When y'all fight, do you actually record or those skits? That's the th- that's what I makes me think it has to be a skit. Like yeah, if someone I don't believe came up it. to me with a phone, I would be like, yeah, we're not doing this. Yeah, like, you're arguing out. like, what are you doing, recording? Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's so fake. I, uh, people fall for it, and uh, mm-hmm. it's all reactionary, and that's all TikTok is, man. Mm, that's yeah. exactly. Nothing is ever, you know, it was fine. It's either wonderful or terrible. Yeah. Hey, go, going back to the vows, though, mm. I, I, yes, uh, she knew who he was, but yes. at the same time, 
I respect my fiance and love her so much, I wouldn't embarrass her like that in front of her family and friends. And if if she had kids, the things they would say, I mean, no. I mean, but then Uh again, we I think we all because I have this conversation with my fiance, we all have that one friend who's so vulgar Mm -hmm. and so out there that I wouldn't surprise it wouldn't surprise me if he said that. Mm -hmm. And maybe maybe he should have just pulled it back a little bit, but uh it's a lack of respect, and yeah. I would not have done. I would not have done that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like you have to. If you're going to marry someone, you need to be able to trust yes. that they will not try to embarrass you in a big moment like that. Yeah. And if you can't 100% trust it, there's yeah. a problem. Yeah, yeah. I also think for the biggest day of your life, you want a second set of eyes on your vows. Just get a friend, <laughs> yeah. right? A friend, hey, yeah. is this is this thing I think is funny? Is this going to land? Like. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's what do y'all think about the cake thing where they cut the cake and they shove the cake in the face? Uh, I wouldn't I, do that. So all I know, <laughs> all I know is like what wedding photographers say. And it is that for all of the weddings that they photographed where that has happened, yeah. divorce for all of them. Wow. Like where, yeah. If it's like, oh, she puts a little cake on his face and then he shoves more cake into her face, divorce. <laughs> yeah. I would never do that. No. Yeah. No, I like, I'd never do it. I've, I know there's some families where face in the cake has been a tradition. Like it's like when a yes. kid has a birthday and they put the face in the cake. And our our mom was always like, no, it ruins the cake. It's mean. And the kid it's a waste of yeah. food. Yeah. yeah. Waste of food. That's a classic like what our mom would say. <laughs> yeah. um, but like so for me, it's just I never understood it. And I'm yeah. just like you're but you've spent hundreds to make the makeup artists are so expensive for weddings. So it's yes. like uh-huh. just know like there's there's funnier her ways hair. To her, everything's expensive. Yeah. Like why would you mess it up? There's fu- there's there's better photo ops that are cute and fun fun that don't involve that i think throughout a wedding yeah i mean that's a huge red flag whenever i see that at weddings i'm like yeah and i don't go to them as often as i used to but like there's this what 10 year gap i think 10 year period in your 20s maybe 22 to maybe 32 whether you go to weddings every year and then that stops and but i remember seeing that a lot i'm like yeah that's not gonna work that's not gonna work yeah (laughs) Yeah. totally (laughs) we've had some great topics around rejection and getting back out there being stronger yeah i I don't have any final like a message but uh, again, to anybody who's listening, I know it's the holidays, and the holidays are rough. Even for me, I, I'm being honest, I'm, I have a podcast live coming up tomorrow called My Lowest Moment. Mm-hmm. As happy as I am, as happy as uh, blessed I have a beautiful son, my fiance is amazing, everything's wonderful, I still get sad mm-hmm. because I think about 20, December of 2016 was the worst holiday of my life. I had to sell my house. And the house closed December 23rd. I couldn't give my kids one last Christmas in their home. I felt like a failure. I felt like I let them down. I was alone. I have a video on my TikTok page. I just I put it up there for to help people get through this. So it it, it I still get sad. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to share my lowest moment. And I think about how far I've come. And I don't know if I can do it again, but I, I did it. And to anybody out there who's going through a divorce or heartbreak, and then the holidays are tacked on, Keep yourself busy. Mm-hmm. Uh, just go out, reach out to your family, be involved in making tamales and whatever and gift wrapping. Just put yourself out there. Look at the tree. Don't dwell on the past. I promise you, um, I'm almost eight years past my lowest moments. You never really get over it, but it does make you stronger and it gives you better perspective on what to appreciate. I live so much in the present now. Mm-hmm. In the past, I was always thinking about what I haven't done and what I did Mm-hmm. But when you live in the present and just focus on what's around you, you're blessed with people that you get to meet and the family and friends that are around you. Love that now and just be appreciative of what's around you. And I promise you it'll get better. But I know what you're going through and just hang in there and uh, and uh, keep your chin up and get up the next day and just go live. 
That's a great message. Anything you want to tease that's coming up in the Root Advice world? Well, I have that live. Mm -hmm. I'm going to share my lowest moment. I had a video vlog of me just kind of venting back in 2016. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to share that just to kind of give people some hope. Um, But no, I've got more videos coming up. Uh, My Facebook page is blowing up. So if you want to see me on Facebook, go right over there, Root Advice. But yeah, my podcast, I usually launch one a week. The day's not set. <laughs> and that's on me. But check me out and also go to uh, TikTok. That's where it all started. That's where I met yes. you. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Remember that. I was watching your TikTok videos. And then like minutes later, Charlotte texted was like, hey, do you want to do a podcast with Rudy? I was like, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Rudy, thank you so much for coming back on here today. Um, it has been an absolute pleasure. You're a fantastic guest. This is one of my favorite episodes so far. Um, oh, thank you. Very thoughtful answers to our questions. and Thank you so much. Appreciate it, yeah. Merry Christmas. Merry this Christmas. This is our Christmas Happy episode. Happy New Year. And to all a good night. <laughs>